Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. From Pewter Report, NFL draft writer John Ledger jumps aboard here on CBS Sports Radio. How's Indy treating you, John? Hey, it was beautiful. It was wonderful. It wasn't even that cold this time. The last time we were there, it was the winds were cutting our skin off. It felt like, but this week it was pretty nice. This week, and the last time I was in Indianapolis was sneaking up on ten years ago, at least seven or eight, uh, for the baseball winter meetings, which are always in December. And I went to Indianapolis, and yeah, it was windy as all. I know Chicago's the windy city, but Indianapolis can be a windy mess, too. was for you last year and was for me a couple of years ago. What is that all about? Oh, I don't know, but it does. It gets bad, and I live in the mountains of Pennsylvania, so, you know, I, for me, it's, <laughs> I, it's, I shouldn't complain at all. But, yeah, usually it's pretty bad there, but this this week wasn't too bad. Okay, and they're indoors. They got this nice big dome where they have the combine. Um, not only did the stuff take place on the field, but also off the field. That's where I want to go first. Uh, the CBA is just sitting out there in abeyance. The owners negotiated with the players' committee. They got to a proposal that they thought was good enough to give to the committee, and the committee said, okay, we now think it's good enough to turn around and give to the players, even though that was not the case right off the bat. A couple of uh, uh, highly high-profile players said, no, this doesn't even merit us looking at as a group, but now they're doing that. So they could get this thing done a year in advance, more than a year in advance. Has that been distracting to what you're supposed to be doing at the Combine, which is, A, judging the college football talent that's coming into your B- league, and B, illegally talking to players and agents about potential free agents. Has the collective bargaining agreement being on the table and not getting done been a deterrent? As far as you can tell, no, but I mean, it is hard to tell from our perspective. I mean, you ask people, and of course, they're going to, most of the time they're going to tell you no. And, the, you know, there's so many people in these offices now for each NFL team that they're, they're able to spread the wealth around so much. But, uh, you know, I do think it's going to be something to continue to watch and continue to monitor, obviously, um, you know, especially over the next couple of days, because now there's this lull, right? I mean, we've had a lot of people getting together in Indianapolis, and now everyone's kind of the part again, and then I, there's going to be this lull and kind of activity until free agency starts, you know, for a couple of weeks. So I think that, you know, now is the time to kind of watch and see what happens as players are kind of reviewing it and voting and things like that. Um, so I think that, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a critical point, but I, I don't, for as far as I can tell, I don't think it's distracting any teams from being able to scout talent. And that's, you know, obviously the, the talent is part of it, but the big part of it is meeting with players in Indianapolis and getting that done. So, I think they've got their they've put their priorities in order, and they're making sure that they can evaluate talent really well moving forward. All right, so there's the players, there's the teams, 
But then there's also the agents, and the agents are the ones who are trying to do what's best for the young players that they're uh, developing and getting ready to join the league and will be re- representing uh, before they even get into the league. But they've also got other players that are already in the league, and they're sitting on pins and needles about the CBA. I've heard some uh, agents none too pleased with the progression of either of the two things, either the CBA and or the NFL's use of a different schedule this week in Indianapolis mm-hmm. to make it a primetime TV uh, performance more than anything else. Did you run into any agents that gave you an earful and saying the NFL is, uh, the man is screwing the little guy in uh, any different ways this week? Uh, how many guys did you actually hear complain about what's going on? Yeah, several agents that I talked to definitely not too pleased with the schedule. They hate it. Uh, one guy, or at least maybe multiple guys, I think, have told me that they're not even going to have their players work out next year. Um, and I've heard that other analysts say that as well from the agents they've talked to. Um, one guy, uh, I know he, he had a player who didn't run one of his 40s because he just felt like the weight was too long in between. He was starting to get tight. Obviously, we saw a couple hamstrings last night with the linebackers run. Um, so agents, you know, just worried about guys getting hurt, banged up, um, too much time waiting around between periods trying to get three groups through. Uh, some of these groups aren't you know, doing drills still at 11 p.m. at night. Um, it's just bad. And one thing that always gets lost in the combine that I wish got more publicity is the fact that these players do not sleep very much this week. So not only are they out there training and doing all this stuff that late at night, they're also exhausted. I mean, their bodies have been through a lot, obviously, with all the poking and prodding, but also they've met with tons of teams. They've continued to talk about themselves, how draining that is. They met with the media. I mean, there's just a drain to the whole process. These players are exhausted a lot of the time. But even by the time the media gets to talk to them, which is pretty early in their time here. So, I mean, there's just a, a huge asterisk to me next to a lot of combine performances, and especially this year's, because you never know how exhausted and how tired the players are. And, uh, you know, I think anybody who trains physically in any capacity, I mean, I like to lift and things, and I know when I'm not well slept, I'm not nearly at my best, so I can't imagine how it is, you know, for these players whose bodies kind of rely on that routine. And so I think that there's a lot of issues with the current format, uh, and the way they change things this year is certainly not helping things. All right, give me your thoughts on this, or if there's a specific agent who told you something, you you mentioned one agent told you they don't know if they're going to, uh, advise their clients to participate in the drills last year. It's a fine line you have to walk. If you participate, you could participate and open up eyes. You could run a fast number. You could put up a bunch of reps at uh, 225. You can do something to improve your draft status. If you don't participate, yeah, you can't help yourself, but you could hurt yourself. Teams could say, well, he, we need competitors, and this kid doesn't want to compete, doesn't want to prep. I don't want to hear about schedules. He just should get out there and run. It's a fine line that they have to walk and balance. How do they determine which is the yay and which is the nay? Yeah, to me, I think there's more downside to not running than there is a potential loss if you don't run well. Am I wrong in that? I, I've always held out the belief that those who don't participate are A, a little cocky, and B, certainly not showing their first and best foot competitive forward. Uh, how do you decide whether you do or don't do this? And you think there is going to actually be change next year and we'll see less guys participate? Yeah, well, some of it's definitely posturing by agents. I mean, they're saying these things because they want their format to change if they threaten 
you know, the league will be basically will be more inclined to change the format back to the way it was a year ago when players are waking up running in the morning um, and not having to wait around all day and, uh, and wait around as long in between drills. So some of it's posturing, but you will see some players not you know, decide not to work out too. I mean, we have a bunch of high profile players, you know, this year that aren't working out too. So I think you'll see uh, that you will see an increase in the number. It probably won't be to the threatened amount. But here's the other thing to consider. I don't know that based on the NFL people I've talked to either, you know, and this is no surprise, and no surprise for the media either. We kind of have a three-headed monster here, right? The media, NFL personnel, and players slash agents at this point. And so far, everybody I've talked to, it really doesn't sound like anybody is is too keen on the new system and the new schedule change. Now, media don't like any change at all, so no surprise <laughs> there. They're going to complain no matter what. But I do think the teams and 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 as they as they kind of see, oh, okay, agents are saying their players aren't going to you know do this or that or this or that. You know, next year, well, we can't have that. So teams are going to be they're already down on the system as it is because you know they want to go out and have a stake at night, as Jason Light told us uh, during his pressers and, and maybe a few other things. And so I think that they're kind of not too keen on the new system either. So we may have a kind of a. Uh, everybody kind of comes together on this issue and kind of forces the NFL's hand because it may be that all parties don't really enjoy the way the flow. All right, but the here's NFL only cares about I'll, making money, and so dang. eventually, if this thing moves to LA, we won't have to worry about it as much because that time difference will, will make up the change. Oh, okay, yeah, they may take it on the road. I've already heard that, but yes, there was one group you were leaving out there, and they're kind of important: the 32 owners who almost always know where the dollars are coming in. And, yes, the NFL Network is having a better week this week because it is in prime time. So don't leave them out of the equation. They they kind of have a lot of power in this whole thing. Uh, we're talking to uh, John Ledyard from uh, Pewter Report, NFL Draft Rider, here with us on CBS Sports Radio. I quarterbacks and safeties up today. Uh, the league has changed. The game has changed. Safeties used to be guys who could help out with the run and come up and put a lick on a guy, guy going over the middle, drop him with a shot. It's really not that kind of league anymore because they've uh, instituted the target, targeting uh, shot and the defenseless receiver. So a hard-hitting safety isn't what he used to be. Now it's more can he cover like a corner um, what are you seeing out of the safeties in this group? Do you agree with me that the positional occupation of a safety isn't the same that it was in the National Football League five years ago? Yeah, absolutely. Very different uh, league. A lot of teams and defenses will use three safeties now, too. Um, so you've got to kind of either everybody's filling a role or guys are filling multiple roles or you have just looking for more depth at the position. So you're more likely to draft you know, a third safety higher in the draft, even if you have two good ones already. There's defenses moving in that direction. Certainly the one I cover in Tampa Bay uh, and Todd Bowles' defense definitely uses utilizes a lot of three safeties. You've seen the Saints have a lot of success utilizing three safeties. The Steelers have been trying to do it for years. The Patriots have had tons of packages with it, and the Patriots are maybe a good example of it, right? So McCourty can play free safety. Jerron Harmon can play some free safety if McCourty needs to step into man coverage. And then you've got Patrick Chung for years who was covering tight ends in the slot, stopping the run. So, yeah, it's about finding your types, right? I mean, you got your man coverage types who are more like you know, nickels or big nickel corners. You've got your free safeties. You can play a little bit of, uh, you know, cover one type of looks. You free safety center fielding type roles. And then you've got some strong safety guys who can play in the box a little bit, can rotate high and two high looks and maybe make some plays on the ball, but don't quite have the range to play in a cover one or cover three as a single high safety. So 
you've got a lot of diversity amongst the safety groups now in today's NFL. When you're scouting them, it's really important to keep the prototypes in mind. How many of the types of safeties can they fill? What's the best usage for them in the next level? You know, a guy could be, you know, Micah Fitzpatrick, we saw he was a pretty good, you know, nickel, basically a nickel for Miami for, for early on in his career for his first season in the league. And then this past season, you know, he, he was talking about playing free safety. They said, no, get out of here. They traded him Pittsburgh. He plays almost every snap the rest of the season at free safety for Pittsburgh. And, you know, obviously an all-pro first team and an unbelievable season, too. So he's one of those guys that can check both boxes. We've seen Derwin James check every box. He even played an edge defender of Florida State and Blitz. And then other guys are resigned more to certain roles. You know, Landon Collins is never going to be a guy who thrives in a single high role. So that's something that teams are going to have to keep in mind as they're scouting these players. The safeties are actually about to run momentarily. The cornerbacks all went in the first group today. So the safeties coming up here and about to run. So we'll get a good chance to see athleticism and fluidity and things like that. But, you know, for guys who don't maybe check all the athletic boxes, but still check the size and instincts box, playing in the box may be their best chance, and probably playing special teams too, may be their best chance of success in the NFL. But it's still a pretty good chance because of how many different types of safeties teams like to have uh, on their roster. So there's some things that, that maybe even if the athletic testing go in these guys doesn't go in these guys' ways, there's still maybe a role for them in the NFL, even if it isn't as prominent as it would have been you know, back in the days you're talking about when you were just looking to hammer guys coming over the middle. All right, uh, good read on these safeties, and I'll let you get to watching them in just a second. Last question, because uh, this is a guy who's generated at least some debate, uh, is for me, uh, the quarterback, Mr. Love. I watched all his drills. I watched him throw some nice balls. I thought I saw him throw some uh, not quite on point balls. His season was what it was. He was much better as a sophomore than he was as a junior. How high are you on him? Some people are saying he could be uh, get into the conversation of the top three quarterbacks. I don't see that. I think it's clear cut. Burroughs, Tua, Herbert, then a drop-off. What was your read on Love's workout? Uh, how high do you think he actually going to draft? Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I think his workout was fine. It wasn't anything that would have changed my mind. But again, you know, these workouts, it's it's not very. I mean, all these routes they've been practicing throwing them, you know, and there's no pressure and there's no, you know, you know where you're going with the ball. There's no progression work. There's no decision making. You know, where's the defenders? So I mean, it's just so easy to look good if you can throw the football and have you know good natural physical tools. It's not it's not very hard to look very good. In those drills, and, and Love definitely has those those types of tools. I don't think there's any ever been any question about that. Physically, you know, he's definitely what you're looking for a quarterback. But you're right, the accuracy is a concern. Consistency, decision making uh, in the game, how he handles pressure at times. Um, so yeah, I think that there's a lot of room to grow with Love. Um, you know, developmental type of quarterback. Um, year, two you know two years ago, you're right, he was better. And this past year, offense changed. He struggled to adapt with it, and some of that's on him. Some of that's probably coaching not playing to his strength. So, I mean, you never know in the NFL. We, I mean, we've heard ridiculous things over the past years. You know, Davis Webb could be in the first round. And, and we hear this about quarterbacks every single year where guys who clearly aren't first-rounders on tape get talked about going in the first round. And sometimes they end up there. You know, it's rare, but sometimes they end up going in the first round. So you can't totally rule it out uh, with a guy that those kind of tools plus the teams that need quarterbacks. But it would definitely surprise me. Um, I know that Andy's a team that he's been he's been loped into a, a lot, maybe even at 13. I mean, I just think that would be shocking. Uh, that would be a really uncharacteristic you know, Chris Ballard type of decision, in my opinion. Um, Tampa Bay is a team uh, that he's been linked to, and 
I, I don't. I I could say with pretty strong certainty that that's not going to happen in round one. So you start to run a little thin on options. He's not really John Gruden's type. So you get out of the top ten, and it starts to be a little bit tougher to see where the fit would be until maybe the end of the first. Somebody trading back up into the first to, to maybe grab him. But the other thing to keep in mind is. You know, if the, if the, if the talk is true about him getting into the QB3 conversation, that can be the biggest mistake in the world and you're, in my eyes and yours, but he could still end up going in the top 10 and that could be where things get really interesting because right now in the top 10, there's four teams that clearly need a quarterback. And so if he, it, we could end up seeing four in the top 10, which would be unbelievable news for teams starting in like the Jacksonville, the Arizona range at eight, Jacksonville at nine, uh, the, the Browns at 10. I mean, that range of teams that need some good players to fall down the board, you know, four quarterbacks are going to go in the top seven, you know, picks of the draft for the Chargers and the, and the Panthers need quarterbacks as well as obviously Miami uh, and the Bengals, you know, that, that could, where is where things could really get interesting. So if love is even being considered in that range, you know, the teams that are at eight, nine, 10 and beyond are going to be praying that, that that happens and that he goes above them so that, even better players can fall into their lap. John just told us safeties are going to start to run, so we're going to let him run and go watch the safeties. Appreciate you hanging with us for a solid 15 minutes here, though, John. Uh, Insight was great. We will talk again. Thank you much. Awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.